What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, a couple things to discuss today. Mostly some free agent signings. They're rolling in here. They're rolling in here as, you know, I think this really does have a lot to do with the fact that the winter, not the winter meetings, the CBA is expiring in about a week. So, there are going to be a bunch of players trying to get things done earlier than normal this offseason. You know, that was widely reported, and that's what we're seeing. And we also have some so, some rumors. So I'll start with Steven Matz. So the Cardinals are going to sign Steven Matz. They reached an agreement on a four-year, $44 million guarantee, pending a physical. So Matz had a lot of interest. He fielded offers from eight teams, and... He had a lot of interest that, you know, it, it was pretty much a sure thing he would sign before Thanksgiving. And obviously the proof is in the numbers, because if you look at the contract, four years, $44 million, that's more than most people expected. Most people expected him to maybe get, at least you know, looking at MLB trade rumors, he was projected for three years, $27 million. You know, that's $9 million a year. He gets, and he, for three years, he gets $11 million a year. For four years, that's a lot. Uh, that's, that's a big difference. And he's been a pretty reliable rotation member for most of the past few years. But, I mean, anyway, I mean, left-handed pitcher, uh, effective left-handed pitcher is is something that I guess a lot of teams are interested in. And he's typically been near league average for his peripheral stats, but you know he's someone who has been reliably taking the ball every fifth day, which which definitely can't be discounted. So he's also one of the harder throwers available because he throws a sinker that averages ninety four and a half miles an hour each of the past two years, and that's pretty rare for a left handed starter. Only seven other lefties or lefty starters threw harder on average in 2021. So he's definitely going to add a pretty different look to a Cardinals rotation that otherwise projects to include right-handers. You know, Wainwright, Flaherty, Dakota Hudson, Miles Michaelis. You know, bring some heat from the left side, give them a different look, and that's that's always a good thing. So there's plenty about Stephen Matz for the Cardinals front office to like, but Definitely, you know, this deal does come with some risk. Yes, he was a solid performer in three of the past four seasons. His 2020 season was quite a disaster. I mean, 9.68 ERA over 30 and two-thirds innings that year. He gave up a staggering 14 home runs in that time. So, yeah, that that's definitely a bit of a concern. It's a shortened season, but... I mean, that's almost 10, a 10 ERA over 30 innings. But if you go back to the start of 2018, he has a 4.36 ERA and 4.55 FIP in under just 500 innings, in just under 500 innings. It's not that impressive when you look at it as a whole, and it's worse than actually Anthony DeSclafani, who, who, you know, we just talked about the other day, signed with with the Giants for three years, $36 million. But De Scalfani 
is a year older than Steven Matz, and I guess that matters, but he's also not left-handed. You know, perhaps the Cardinals are simply just willing to write off 2020 as a small sample and a pretty big anomaly. So if you just throw out 2020, then his numbers are obviously going to be much better. So apparently Steve Cohen was very upset. He had quite an outburst upon like like this uh, this morning about the Stephen Matz news. You know, if you go on Twitter, you could see him basically saying he 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 considered the whole ordeal very unprofessional by Stephen Matz's agent. I think the Mets were you know the Mets were very much in it, and they were under the impression that Matz wanted to come back to New York and things like that. I don't know. That's I think it's the nature of the beast. That's what happens in a very competitive market. And there seems to have been quite a bit of competition for Stephen Matt's services. So I'm not really sure what his agents did, what kind of promises they made, but the Mets owner is not happy about it. But he'll he'll move on. You know, it's 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 free agency, that's what happens. So yeah. In other news, this is not a signing, but a retirement. Wade Davis has announced his retirement. So three-time All-Star and 2015 World Series champion Wade Davis has announced his retirement after a 13-year MLB career. Davis is 36. You know, many of us remember him as as part of the Royals. And, yeah, he was a great part of the Royals. You know, that World Series run they made, he was part of that stellar bullpen they had. And... He came up as a starter for the Tampa Bay Rays. You know, many of us also do remember him early in his career with the Rays, but he started to shine when he moved to the bullpen in 2012. And, yeah, you know, he would end up becoming one of the best relievers in baseball for some time. He was always best in the bullpen. You know, they tried, you know, Kansas City tried to change him back to a starter, and, you know, he didn't fare too well. So... The Royals put him back in the pen after those struggles, and he just anchored one of the best bullpens of the past decade. It was him, Kelvin Herrera, Greg Holland, Ryan Madsen, you know, those guys. So, I mean, he was part of that 2014 World Series loss and then the 2015 title. And, yeah, I mean, I think it was that group, that group of guys that kind of drove some of the emphasis the teams are now placing on cultivating a really deep collection of power-armed relievers for postseason runs. That's what we see now commonly today, but I, I'm pretty sure it was those guys in Kansas City, that group that, that kind of showed everyone like, wow, this is a really good strategy. Let's be doing that in the postseason. That's what teams do nowadays. So congrats to Wade Davis on a lengthy career, a 13-year career. I mean, obviously, made a lot of money, too. I always, I always talk about that. Um, I mean, this guy was rewarded well. Uh, the Rockies gave him a three-year, $52 million contract when he was a free agent, and that was actually a new average annual salary record for a reliever at $17.3 million. And he went out and led the, the National League with 43 saves in 2018, but then things unraveled thereafter because he had injuries so 2021 he actually came back to the royals on a minor league deal and he 
he made the team's bullpen out of camp, but, you know, injuries, you know, forearm, shoulder troubles, all these things sent him to the injured list a bunch of times. And someone who used to throw 96.5 miles an hour, you know, last year was throwing 92.8 miles an hour, and um, yeah, he was hit hard, finished off the season with 6.75 ERA. But all in all, congrats to Wade Davis, finished his career with 141 saves, you know, 63-55 and 55 as his record, a 3.94 ERA, 990 regular season innings. Great stuff, great stuff. So shout out to him. $87 million in his 13-year career also. Moving on. So the Pirates are going to re-sign Yoshi Tsutsugo. They're re-signing him to a one-year, $4 million guarantee. So it's pending physical, but he's going to be going back to Pittsburgh. They've been in contact about a potential extension for a few weeks. I mean, this is not a big-name signing off. It's just a small thing. But, hey, every every club matters. We'll, we'll cover it. And, yeah, I mean, he's a left-handed hitting first baseman. The Pirates are kind of not really – I mean, they're not uh, – I guess you could say they're rebuilding. Yeah, they're rebuilding. Um, they're still rebuilding, and they're, they're, they're minding – they're minding their business in that regard. But they're not competing right now, and I think Yoshi Tsutsugo is, is perfect for them. So, yeah, I mean, he last on with the Pirates on a major league deal in mid-August, and he had a month-plus trial run with, with his team, who was obviously already out of contention. They could afford to give him playing time every day, and he, he looked really good. I mean, he had 266 over 144 play appearances with eight home runs. So he tapped into the raw power that he had shown for a decade as one of the best hitters in Japan. He also cut his strikeouts substantially in Pittsburgh. He went from 29.4% with Tampa Bay and Los Angeles. And then to Pittsburgh, he goes to 22.9% as a pirate. So, I mean, there's, it really remains to be seen if that run, late season run in 2021, was a sign that he had turned a corner late in the second major league season, but, you know, he, he was only in the second major league season. There's a very real chance that he might not be able to sustain that kind of output because it was only 43 games, but his overall numbers as a big leaguer also aren't that impressive. So it's only a $4 million guarantee. The Pirates aren't taking any real risk here. They're just bringing him back to see if he can do it again next year. Good for Susugo, comes back to the major leagues. Pirates will see, hey, can he... Can he tap into that again? So, a lot of, lot of discussion around free agent starting pitcher Marcus Stroman. The Red Sox, Giants, Cubs, Angels, and the Mets are interested in Stroman. So, yeah, I mean he has a he has a wide market because, and actually, you know, sorry, I will add to that list. The Mariners apparently are also a potential suitor for Marcus Stroman. So, these guys are interested in Marcus Stroman because he's durable. He's a good ground ball pitcher. He's durable. He's he's very reliable source of innings, above average innings. He's been that way for all his career. You know, he started 32 plus games and exceeded 175 innings in four of the five, of the past five full seasons. So, yeah, I mean, this, this dude just takes the rock every fifth day and he goes to work. He's also coming off a career-best 11.6% swinging strike rate. I mean, it's only 
slightly above average. League average is 10.9, but he's a ground ball guy. He, he gets contact. He gets ground balls. That's what he does. He's a sinker baller, induces ground balls, and, and he's routinely surpassing 60% ground ball rates. You know, at least that's what he did with the Blue Jays. His 50.8 with the Mets in 2021 was a career low, but that was still eight points above the league mark. So the consistency he has in inducing ground balls has allowed him to remain kind of, you know, I don't want to say immune, but he, he he doesn't really get touched by the home run ball. I mean, he's he's never even allowed one homer per nine innings in a season during his major league career. So that's a very, very valuable commodity. And you can see why a lot of teams are interested in him. I mean, he has a strong track record. He doesn't have a qualifying offer attached to him this winter because you know, he took it last year. Can't get it again. And, yeah, I mean, he, he gets outs. He gets outs. So his ERA is under four or has been under four in four of his six innings and 100-plus innings pitched, you know. So the 3.02 he put in 2021 was a personal best. So entering the offseason, he he is in very good position to get, you know, well over $100 million. You know? So we'll, 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 we'll likely see him get – a nice deal, but when you have a bunch of teams vying for his services, your price is going to go up. That's what Marcus Sherman is seeing now. So shout out to him, and we'll see where he ends up. But we will we'll bring this in for a landing here. That's where we'll end for today. But if you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who would be interested, and we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection.